I want to give you one more announcement. If you would, if you'll pull the card, put it in your hand. Thank you. The one that's on the chair that could be, you could be setting on right now. I'm not sure. Could be setting on it. I want to bring your attention to this. Get that in your hand and let's talk for a minute. Got to have a little family, family session. Everyone say legacy. Most of you know what legacy is. We sold this facility about a month ago. We've now closed on the new campus. Uh, yesterday we had men's prayer. Men's prayer was packed full of men praying. We looked like a bunch of ticks on a dog's ear, man. It was just amazing. And then an army of us went out and worked on the new facility and it was awesome. I mean, men and women showed up. It was amazing. And so I encourage you to, to get on board with that. But to get in the, to buy the new campus, we needed to begin by raising $150,000. And guess what? We're at $161,000. And I want to thank you for giving into that. If you've not sowed into that, I just would ask you to pray about that because we're building a legacy. It's not just for our generation, but passing down. After being in the facility, in the construction area of it, we have to raise 150 more thousand. So the fundraiser team had a wonderful idea. The church has given generously. What if the city would like to give? We do a lot of things in the city, like single moms outreach, Winton Elementary, uh, back to school outreaches, and on and on and on. We're a city church. One of our rooms uh, in the new facility is going to be a first responders room where police, firemen, ES, ET, EMT can come and chill out. We provide the food and they can just relax. So what if we do a auction dinner and invite the city, invite different ones in the city, and do an auction in order to raise the other $150,000? Do you think it sounds like a pretty cool idea? So this is where we need your help with this. You've given generously. By the way, you can come. You can buy a ticket and come to it. But we're really trying to, to go outside the church to raise the other 150. How can you uh, be part of this? Number one, there's a box on there. My favorite box on this whole one is right there, the second one to the last. I'll do anything. That's a good one, huh? To be very specific, they need auction items. Really good. Like you say, hey man, I got, a, I got a, a place in Hawaii that I can give for five days. That would be good. Or you say, hey, I'm a painter. I'll paint someone's house. We'll auction that off. Or I'll build a deck. Or I got a brand new car that I want to give away. Uh, I got a Harley I want to give away. Let, let's talk about that, me and you first. But no, no just teasing. <laughs> Just teasing, just teasing, totally teasing. But you can get involved in many forms and fashions by that. Another way is that maybe you're part of a, of a, a company, an organization where they need, they would like to promote their business and they're going to have different levels of that gold, silver, that they can be on the, uh, uh, on the advertisement that week. There's many forms and fashions where you can be a part of that. Are you with me? And I, I don't want you to check this out because we're trying to reach our city or, or ask them to give towards the building. I know it's thinking out of the box, but 
God's a big God, and I think he's going to do something beautiful with that. Um, uh, Matt and Rose, would you just stand up for just a moment? Is that okay? Matt and Rose has kind of been leading the charge in this area, and it's an auction dinner. And by the way, they're the, they're the most famous auctioneers, I think, in the world. Have you ever saw these two in action? Who's, who has seen these two in action? They are absolutely famous. And so we already got our built-in auctioneers for that night. And we'd like you to get involved. Would you consider that? The way that you can find out more about it is there's a table right out front, black and gold. It's a heart for our city. And uh, you can stop by there and ask questions and, and get involved in, 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 in many fa fashions. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for core class. Thank you for selling this campus and the buying of the, the other. You've done such beautiful things. I want to lift up the, the Menzi family to you right now. We pray that you pour out upon them grace. We pray total healing in Clark's body. I'm asking, would you give us a good report on Tuesday? Father, would you bless their socks off today? Now, Lord, we ask Holy Spirit that you would have your way, that you would speak to every one of us in this room right now. Touch every family, touch every marriage, every individual in the powerful name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. We're starting a new series today. If you'll say this with me, Authentic church. Authentic church. Hi, neighbors. Good to see you this morning. Authentic church. I want to talk to you about authentic church and why it's so important for you and I to be real and genuine. Uh, how many of you know that authenticity is a, on high demand these days? Especially if you're in a generation of 30 years old and below, they want the real deal. And so it's not just about 30 years and below, but it's all ages really like authenticity. Uh, I'm an old player, and what do I mean by that is that I can smell a fake about a mile and a half away. I can smell religiosity, I can smell cells, I can smell things that's just not real. And I think that we owe it to God and we owe it to the gospel and we owe it to the world, we owe it to each other that we be authentic. Amen? And so I want to start this series today. When I think about authentic, the first thing that I think about is Jesus. Jesus was straight up authentic, and he was absolutely against those who was not, and he came against those who were hypocrites and those who were fake real hard. Listen to this scripture from the get-go. He says in Matthew 23, verse 27, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, Hypocrites. Jesus had a good way of taking out his two by four and cracking somebody right across the forehead if he needed to. He didn't hurt the herd. He didn't break the broke, broken. But those who had a hard heart, he knew how to break up that concrete. He would take his EKGs, just boom, and he'd hit it really good. Why? To hopefully save them from themselves and their wrong attitude and the way that they thought. So this is pretty hard truth as he's hitting these Pharisees and Sadducees with. And he says, for you are like white washed tombs, <laughs> which indeed appear beautifully outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. 
Even so, you are also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. The opposite of the authentic is fake. How many of you like fake things? How many of you just, you just love to smell fake flowers? How many of you remember pleather? How many of you like pleather? I've got to put on my pleather gloves and put on my pleather coat and my pleather vest. I'm going to put on my pleather uh, pants and I'm going to sit in my pleather chair. Right? How many of you like pleather? N- nothing had to die for pleather. Man-made pleather. Yeah. Man, I got ripped off one time. Now, nobody meant to rip me off, but I bought a Bible. And I thought that thing was leather. And I was excited about my new burgundy Bible. And Mark Estes looked at me and says, hey, bro, you know you bought a pleather Bible? <laughs> it can look real, real, but not be real. Pleather Christians, I think the world is trying to figure out who and what are you about? I was looking at a motorcycle one day trying to figure out what it was, and the owner of it explained to me that he had removed all the names off the motorcycle, and there was nowhere to be found on what kind of motorcycle. It looked like a Harley. It smelled like a Harley. It sounded like a Harley, but it wasn't a Harley, and you couldn't tell what it was. And I'm thinking, man... If you wanted to smell like a Harley, and if you wanted to sound like a Harley, and you wanted to look like a Harley, why don't you just buy a Harley? <laughs> right? I was riding mine on Sherman one day and rode by this yellow motorcycle and could not figure out what it was. I was like, what in the world is that? I even asked the guy, what are you riding? He smiled. It's like, man. If you want to be a, I'm not saying, hey, if you want to ride a Yamaha, ride a Yamaha. If you, seriously, if you want to ride a Honda, God bless you, Goldwing, great motorcycles. But this is the deal. If you want to ride a Harley, just buy a Harley, right? Okay, my point here is that Jesus wants us to be authentic. If not, people are trying to figure out, what, who are you and exactly what are you? Kind of like leather and pleather. You mind grabbing that leather chair from me, bro? Look at this. I like this chair right here because it's actually leather. Everyone say leather. leather. Now, I know that it's wore out. I know that it's missing some paint. I know it's got some cracks in it. But man, is it comfortable? It's so stinking comfortable. You just should set in it sometime. And though it's not perfect, though it's not perfect, it's authentic. Though you may not be perfect, which none of you are, by the way, let me remind you. (laughs) Be authentic. Because when we try to put on a show and put on a face, that word in the Bible is chi, and that word means hypocrite. And we confuse the world, and then the church gets tagged. And do you know what they get tagged with? We get tagged as hypocrites. And we owe it to God and the world not to be hypocrites, but genuine. Come on, high-five your neighbor and say genuine. Genuine. 
Say this with me. Other words that remind me of being authentic. How about real? How many like real? Huh? I like real. Those things are all very important. How many like diamonds? How many ladies like diamonds? Okay. That's real. I like creation. I think creation is so real. Radian and I, we have this thing that we do when we cross the Spokane River Bridge out here. We have claimed the right side of the sunset. That's ours. We just know that. We talk about it every time we go across it. There's our view. And it sometimes is blue and purple and orange. And sometimes it's so many different colors you can't even tell what it is. But here's the deal. It's authentic. I don't care how good of a painter you are, you can't paint that. You can't make a blue and a purple roll into a yellow and an orange and a red and make it look good, right? And the thing is, is that it's just beautiful because God's created it and it's, it's authentic. And so I want to take this time to talk to you about being authentic throughout this series because I think it's important. Honestly, I don't think the world expects me and you to be perfect. But when we put on that face, I think we confuse them. And like me trying to figure out what that motorcycle was, or if it's pleather or leather, I think that people try to figure out exactly who are you when God just caused us. I was thinking about T.D. Jakes yesterday. He's one of my favorite preachers. But you know what? I don't need to be T.D. Jakes because he's already taken I don't need to be Zach T Davis right there. Zach, you're already taken. I can't play golf like Zach. He's already taken. I don't need to be like uh, Matt. God bless Matt. He's a wonderful guy because Matt's already taken. I don't need to be Don. You don't need to be, you need to be you and you need to be authentic in how God's created you to be. And I tell you what, I think authentic people are very attractive. I really do. And so I want to, I, I thought it was so important that we talk about this, that we're going to do a series on the authentic believer, the authentic church, the authentic Christian, because God wants us to be that way. Uh, we had a relationship class on Friday. And what that is, is those that's going to get married this summer or those that's going to get married this fall, we, 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 we just download in them pre-marriage counseling. And it got real authentic in that room there was a section about sex and it got real real quick it got so authentic and real that I was looking at my iPad and I was like I don't want nobody to look at my eyes right now because I'm uncomfortable <laughs> and I wasn't teaching the class that portion of the class praise God that was somebody else and people were chirping in and I'm like I'm not going there because this is very authentic right now but why do we do that we want to equip uh, young people that's going to be married, not just young, but older folks. We want them to be equipped so that they will understand what they're going to be faced with. We want them to know that how many of you are married and they got real, real, real quick? Oh, come on. You, you're married, right? It gets real, real, real quick, right? So it's, it's, it's important that we're authentic and real about those things. You can't have a, a real good marriage without being authentic. You can't. Unless you want to be like 2020 or Dateline and you marry a guy that you don't know 
And you think he's on a business trip, but what he's doing is he's married to another woman in that part of the world. And she thinks he's on a business trip and he's married to another woman in that part of the world. He's got three families going on. That's not being authentic and it's not very healthy. And I tell you what, that's jacked up, man. And God wants us to be very, very real. Now there's a healthy place in this. Let me swing from being authentic to what I, what I call keep it real. Keep it real. There's a place where I think being authentic is very healthy and a place where keeping it real can be very, very unhealthy. What do you mean by keeping it real? You walk, talk to somebody and they look ticked off all the time. Why do you look so ticked off all the time? Man, bro, I'm just keeping it real. I'm just keeping it real. Why are you divorcing your wife? Because I feel like it and I feel like just keeping it real. Why are you so negative all the time? Bro, I'm just keeping it real. Now, how do you want to, you want to go to Starbucks in the morning and you walk through the door and you say, hey man, uh, you walk up and they look at you and they just say, what do you want? <laughs> no, not, not, and I'm going to the next coffee sh- store. But why? Because they're keeping it real. Or you're on the airline, right? You're on the airline and the stewardess walks up to you and hits you right in the face with some peanuts. Why'd you do that? That's what I felt like doing. I'm keeping it real. Right? So there's a place where it's unhealthy, where, you know, we want to be authentic, but we can walk by faith and not be carnal. How many of you know if I live by how I feel, if I did everything that I feel like doing, you guys, now look at me, if I did everything that I feel like doing, I would be divorced and in prison. (laughs) Some of you looking at me a little religious right now, like, our pastor's that way? And by the way, you probably are too. (laughs) Right? So we don't walk by what we feel like. We walk by faith. So I'm talking about you can be authentic and you can be a man and woman of faith, and you can walk in the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is self-control and not being crazy and weird. There's a radical, say this with me, radical middle. There's, a, there's, a, there's radical middles in our Christianity. What do you mean by radical middle? If you think that Jesus is over here and everything is just grace, 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 I can live however I want to and it's okay with Jesus because he's all about grace. I want to let you know, I boldly declare this is not where Jesus is. But if you go over here and you go, he's all about truth. I'm just going to mow people down with truth. Ah, Truth, 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 truth. I don't think Jesus is there either. I think Jesus is right here. The Bible says he comes full of grace and truth. And there's a radical middle. If you're a word, 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 you're going to dry up. If you're spirit, 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 you're going to blow up. But if you're word and spirit, you're going to grow up. So there's a lot of radical middles we could discuss today. When it comes to our walk and authentic Christianity, and God wants us to to live out this life. Let me read a story to you this morning. It's a pretty pretty cool story. Everyone say authentic. Authentic. Everyone say keep it real real. in a good way. Listen to this story. After a great sermon, 
on Sunday, the family decided to invite their neighbors over for Friday night dinner. At dinner time, to show the neighbors that they had high Christian values and were authentic Christians, they asked the five-year-old son to pray over the dinner. The boy says, but I don't, I don't know what to say. Mama says, hey, just pray what your daddy prayed this morning for breakfast. Out of obedience, the boy began to pray. What his daddy prayed for breakfast that morning? Oh, God, we have those awful people coming to dinner tonight. J.O., isn't it fake if I don't do everything that I feel like doing and say everything that I feel like doing? Not at all. It's not fake at all. Man, you can walk by faith. And Jesus gives us an example of how we can be authentic and still be men and women of great faith. I want to talk to you this morning about six ways in order for absolute transformational, authentic transformational times happen in our life. Everyone say six. Six is, is the number of man. It's the number of weakness. It's the number of days that it took God to create the earth. It, it symbolizes creation and, 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 and labor. We work six days and rest the seventh. Six is very interesting. I want to talk to you about how to, listen to this, how's authentic transformation take place in our lives? Uh, why, why authentic transformation? Because I think if you're going to be authentic, there must be authentic transformation that takes place in each one of our lives. We're to be like Christ. And for us to be like Christ, it takes transformation from the end. How many know that the world looks at all this right here? The world's all about this. Do you agree with How many of you agree with that? The world's about this. Oh, just fill that thing up with, you know, what is it called? Botox. Okay, and Philip Lissom, <laughs> right? I, if you've had that, I'm not picking on you. That's not, that's not my heart, you know? I go to the gym. I want to, you know, I want to stay in shape and what have you. And I want to, you know, do what I can do. I've never had Botox and stuff, but you know what I'm saying? And um, here's the point is that the world's all about this and God's all about this. There's nothing wrong with this out here, but we put a lot of focus on this when God really puts a lot of focus on this, the world bombards us from the outside. The Holy Spirit comes from the inside. He wants to transform us from the inside out. You, guys. you get this going on out here, you're going to be the most beautiful person that you've ever seen on this out here. Don't do it backwards. Don't work on this and then this, man. Work on the inside. Let the, let the Holy Spirit work on the inside. And I tell you, you'll, you'll probably even be way more healthier. We'll talk about that next week, I think. Okay. So I want to talk to you about six areas of authentic transformation that should take place in your life. Today, I think probably what's going to happen is that you're going to be able to pull one of these out and say, that's me. That, that's the one that the Holy Spirit puts his finger on in my life today. And I would like you to respond to that. Some of these you're going to be like, man, that's already happened to me. God bless you. You're going to say, well, man, I've, I got five of those six going on. God bless you. But I think there might be one 
one out of these six that you can go, that's where I'm at. That's what God is doing in my life. Number one, a genuine encounter with Jesus. A genuine encounter with Jesus. I'm not talking about a genuine encounter with church. I'm not talking about a genuine encounter with religion. I'm not talking about a genuine encounter with a denomination. I'm talking about a genuine encounter with Jesus Christ. When you have a genuine encounter with Jesus Christ, it changes everything. There was a guy named Saul who was a terrorist, a tyrant. He was absolutely dragging Christians out. He was persecuting the church. One day, Jesus interrupts his life. He has a genuine encounter. God knocks him. God can move upon your will and choice. People say it all politely all the time. God gives you a choice and he never, he never uh, interrupts your choice or your will. Wait a minute. He knocked Saul off his horse. Blinded him for three days. That's interrupting my choice right there, baby. He has a genuine encounter with this guy named Saul. And by the way, he begins to use other people prophetically to to go and search Paul out and speak into his life. God doesn't use, he doesn't do it all by himself. He uses me and you. And he does it in this story. And Saul's life is absolutely changed, even to the place that his name has changed. You read a New Testament that he's wrote about half of that New, New Testament. Why? Because he had a genuine encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. People can sit in church for 40 years and not know Jesus. You can sit in here for years and not have a genuine encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. I challenge you today. You may have came in here with a friend or a family member. You may be like the coin in the, uh, the parable in, in Luke 15 where the woman lost the coin and she swept the house. Where was the coin at? The coin was in the house. You may come to the church all the time and never have had a true, genuine encounter with Jesus Christ. I had that December the 7th, 1986, and it, it was a deal breaker for me. It changed everything. Have you had a sincere, genuine encounter with Jesus Christ? What happens? If, how do you know? What, what, what's that look like, J.O.? Well, Ezekiel 36, 26 says this. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of a stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. He works on this right here. If you think about the people that he had encounters with, remember a guy named Simon Barjona? How many of you remember Simon Barjona? Oh, come on, y'all read your Bible, right? Simon Barjona, his name is Peter. Come on, somebody. How many of you remember Peter, Simon Barjona? Come on, I need to get you in the Bible, you guys. Come on, come on. He had an, he had an a genuine encounter with him. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And that, cha- that, was a, that was a deal breaker for Peter. And he became one of the outgoing apostles 
that preaches and 3,000 people are saved and so forth and so on. And how many of you remember the demoniac? Jesus gets out of the boat and this crazy naked man meets him with a, a legion of demons, a legion of 6,000. How, how would you like to meet a man with 6,000 demons cutting himself and naked? That's, that's enough right there. That's a deal breaker for me right there. Right? And what does Jesus do? He encounters the man genuinely, casts out the demons. Before you know it, you just read a few verses later, he's sitting there fully clothed in his right mind. And man, that really, really shocks the community. You see, one person that is changed by an encounter of Jesus Christ can change a city. You could be a city changer by a true encounter of Jesus Christ. You can be a world changer by a true encounter, a genuine encounter of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes. Are you with me today? Amen. Look at number two. Genuine encounter with the Word of God. Genuine encounter with the Word of God. If you only get the word on the weekend, like if you're in a class or me preaching, you're absolutely malnutrition. You're missing major vitamins. You're missing vitamin B, Bible. You're missing vitamin R, the rhema word of God. You're missing vitamin L, the logos word of God. Matter of fact, you're missing vitamin G, God. You're missing vitamins because give us this day our daily bread. Being in the word on a daily, daily, a habit of being in God's word, a genuine encounter, a love affair with the living word of God will absolutely change your life. It'll change your marriage. Wives, you want your husband in that word every day. I might not remember what my wife made me last Monday night for dinner, but I will tell you this, it did sustain me. I can't remember everything that I've read in the Bible every, every day that I read last Thursday, but it sustained me. It is the living word of man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's Deuteronomy 8. But Jesus also shares that against who? The devil, Satan. How did Satan become Satan? I think he was led by his feelings. I will be like the most high God. I will lift myself. No, you ain't. He gets booted out of heaven. So you don't want to be led by your feelings. You, feel, you follow me? So, so listen to Psalms 119 for a minute. I'm going to read it and then show, share just a couple of thoughts on it. Psalms 119, 9 through 15. How can a young man cleanse his way. Now don't count, don't shut this down if you're an old, older gentleman or, or you're a lady. Just, just wherever you are, how can you cleanse your way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I've sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O oh Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips, I've declared my judgments of all the judgments of your mouth. I rejoiced in your way, your testimonies, as much as the riches. 
I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. Now let me break that down for a minute, just out of those few scriptures about God's word. First of all, we see cleansing. Say that with me, cleansing. Cleansing Cleansing takes place by you being in God's word. How many of you have taken a shower within the last week? Good. God bless you. Thank you for doing that. Most of you probably in the last 24 hours to 48 hours, not sure, but most of you probably took a shower. Why? Cleansing the outside. We're always pampering the outside. But how about the inside? How are you cleansed on the inside? Well, J.O., I got cleansed on the inside when I was born again seven years ago. Let me tell you right now, man, you better take more showers than seven years ago. How many of you have a yard and you find weeds grow up in your yard every year? Huh? You go out there, where do weeds come? Where do I come? What the? Dandelions and clover. And what do you do? You start weed whacking. There's something that you hold right in your hand right there. That Bible right there is a weed whacker in your heart because your heart will get full of weeds. Your heart will try to push out the truth. You need not just weed whacking, man. I would say get out the, what's the, the weed killer? Get the roundup out, man. Get the roundup spraying in that area. What is the roundup? It is the word of God. It's truth. Weeds hate the truth. So don't think cleansing just happens. Well, when you got born again, I got water baptized, I'm cleansed. No, you constantly cleanse your heart and your ways through a daily relationship with God's word. And it goes on to say, look what it says, heeding. Say that with me, heeding. Say, no, say it with a little passion, heating. How many of you play baseball like this? I'm just going to. And I'd be on you. I'd say, get, your, get down right there. Get the, get, I want you to lift that glove up from the ground up, man. Get out, or even get on the bench. That's what kind of heating is, that you're into the word of God. You're passionately into the word of God. You're not just like, la-di-da-da-da-di-da-di-da-di-da-di-da. Come on, somebody high-five your neighbor and say heating. Oh, no, 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 no. We need, no, 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 no. We need 100% participate. High five your neighbor and say, heating. Good, thank you. If you don't do it here, I don't think you're going to do it on a Monday morning. Look at the next one, hiding. Hide the word in your heart. Take in it, put it in it. What will that word become to you? It will become a lamp unto your feet. It had become a light into your path. All of a sudden, there's a job opportunity, and you're like, I don't know what to do. Man, you hide the word of God in your heart. That word of God, you know what it'll do? Word of God, speak. It'll begin speaking to you. It will speak. Why? Because it's the living voice of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Then it says declare. Everyone say declare. Man, get it out of your mouth. The fastest, quickest thing you hear is your own words. It goes out of here, it goes into your ear, and it goes into here. And all of a sudden, man, the truth is down in the innermost part of your being. And then it goes on to say, meditate. Say that with me, meditate. Meditate. And that's not a weird meditation like, Lose my brain. No. It's filling your mind with the truth of God's word. 
It's that cow chewing its cud. Just Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's what that meditation is over and over and over and over with the truth, filling your mind with God's truth. Amen. Amen. That will bring authentic transformation into your heart, to your life. You'll be changed. I met, uh, I talked to a guy yesterday in the psych ward and he was in there for depression and had a great conversation with him on the phone. And and I just started loving on him. I'm just not going to try to fix someone over the phone, but I, I was trying to coach him and say, Hey, you know, what you're thinking about, your emotions and how you feel and your behavior, it follows with what you're thinking. So if you're thinking negatively, you're going to be depressed. It will eventually catch up with you. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So I challenge people all the time, think about what you're thinking about. Think about what you're thinking about. That's easy, but not simple. But I guarantee you, you can change the way you feel, and you can change your behavior if you begin to change the way that you think. Amen? That's for free. You should, some of you need it, some of you struggle with anxiety and depression and things like that. Listen, all that I've struggled with in the past, you need, to, you need to consider that. Number three, genuine goodbye. A genuine goodbye to what? To your old self. Everyone say water baptism. How many of you have been water baptized? Raise your hand. Some of you haven't. And I say, Jesus did it. You need to do it. Jesus is the only one that didn't need to do it, but he did it for us to follow. Listen to the scripture, Acts 2.38. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there's a few things that takes place right in that scripture right there. Everyone say repent. Repent Repent is just begin changing the way that you think. But it goes on to say, and be, look, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins. So we repent, we turn from what we were doing. But remission means this, freedom. Freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from sins. So water baptism is absolutely powerful. And then all of a sudden he began to talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I want to challenge you. We got a baptism coming up real soon. Uh, We do it after youth camp. And matter of fact, there was a uh, Philip got born again last weekend. And then at God's Tenacious Warriors, they baptized him on Tuesday night. So you don't have to wait till the next baptism, you know. I'm sure that uh, somebody baptized you like that. We'll get you baptized. My point here is that you need to be water. It's not just about going down in the water and some tradition we do. No, it's powerful. You go down in the death of Jesus. You go in the tomb. That's the water. And guess what? If you go down, guess what's going to happen? You're going to come up. If you come up, guess what's going to happen? Resurrection power in your life. Genuine saying goodbye to the OU. Number four. A genuine baptism of the Holy Spirit. A genuine baptism of the Holy Spirit. We see that the Holy Spirit is who's with us now. He's the one that leads us, guides us, fills us. We seek and find and surrender our life to the power 
of the Holy Spirit. This genuine experience adds power to transform us while we're being changed out through the Spirit of the living God. Listen to this beautiful scripture out of Titus. Titus 3.5 says, Not by works of righteousness have we done this. It's not by... Authentic transformation doesn't come by your righteousness or how cute you are or how gifted you are. It's a gift from God. It says, Not by works of righteousness we have done this, but according to His mercy He saved us. Praise God. And look what it says. Through the washing of regenerating and re regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's something that takes place inside of us of rejuvenation, of regeneration, of a renewing, and God gives you the power. It's not just about discipline. I'm going to read my word. I'm going to read my word. I'm going to read my word. I'm going to read. It's all about what you do. No, that's good. But it also, the Holy Spirit does something in each of us. He gives us the power to change. He transformed the whole, the person. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of you, and it empowers Empowers you to change from the inside out. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, John the Baptist, he was baptizing water, but he said, in baptizing in water under repentance, but he says, there's one that's coming after me that's going to baptize you and lift. Look, the fire and the Holy Spirit. The church waited on the promise in Acts 2, and they were poured out upon by the Holy Spirit. So, J.O., doesn't that happen when you're born again, when a person receives Christ? Aren't they baptized in the Holy Spirit? Well, they can, but it doesn't always happen that way. It didn't happen that way with me. I got saved, born again, in 1986, where I had that genuine encounter. But I didn't have a genuine encounter with the baptism of the Holy Spirit until 1988. How's that work? Paul had the same thing happen to him. Paul's on the road one day. He runs into, this is out of, out of Ephesus. He runs into 12 disciples. And he looks at them and he says, have you received the Holy Spirit? They said, we've never even heard of the Holy Spirit. So a lot of people, because of the lack of knowledge, they don't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit when they're born again. So he said, okay. So it looks like he takes these 12 disciples. It looks like he rebaptizes them in water and then he lays hands upon them. And all of a sudden, these 12 disciples, baptized in the Holy Spirit, begins to prophesy and speak in tongues. Bam! You go, Jail, I don't like that. I'm tearing that out of my Bible. You can't tear the Holy Spirit out of your Bible. Don't do that. My goodness, the Holy Spirit is the person who loves us, who lives in us. Man, crave him, love him, long for him. So if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'd say maybe that's your one today. Number five, genuinely rooted. Say that with me, rooted. Genuinely rooted in what? In the church. Every time I go to Tri-Cities, I run into those uh, tumbleweeds. One time I got bombarded. It was like UFOs. It's like I almost wrecked my car missing tumbleweeds. They're, they were flying everywhere. And I was amazed by all the fruit that was on them. They were just hanging fruit all over them, just 
I'm teasing right now. There's no fruit on tumbleweeds. Why? Because they have no root. They're dead. They're from a dry place. All they do is get stuck underneath your car and make weird noises. They scratch your bumper. You're like, what's going on in my car? It's just a tumbleweed. Don't be a tumbleweed. Get rooted. Guess what comes with root? Everyone say fruit. J.O., I've just been living in a dry place. I have no fruit. Are you rooted? I'm like a tree. I'm like a tree. I'm like a green olive tree in the house, in the house of the Lord. You got to get rooted in the house. Are you with me? Genuinely rooted in the house of God. Last one. Genuinely, intentionally connected. Genuinely, one is rooted, the other is connected. One you're rooted, the other is that you're arm to arm connected in the house of God. I mean, I'm connected with a bunch of brothers. His one I'm connected, I'm connected with a bunch of brothers. How are you connected? We get get connected because we meet. Come on, everyone say small groups. Where everyone knows your name. Everyone's glad you came. Cheers without the beers. You, you hear that all the time if you've been around here because you need to understand that that's where intentional connection comes from. Because health, if you get connected with healthy people, which is the healthy body of Christ, guess what naturally takes place? Health comes. Right now, my, my, my marriage is jacked up. Are you connected? Are you intentionally connected in the house of God? Because if it's so, if people sincerely love you, they're going to confront you in love. You're going to be accountable to those around you. We got to share the other night at the Carmody small group. It was a wonderful time. I want to ex- encourage you to get intentionally connected. Look at the promises of that. Ecclesiastes 4. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. If, one, if they fall, one will lift his, up, his companion. But woe to him who is alone and he falls, for he has no one to lift him up. Again, if two lie down together, they'll keep him warm. How, but how can one be warm alone? You're going to be like Jeremiah Johnson freezing up on the mountainside. That should be funny right now, but if you haven't seen Jeremiah Johnson, you don't know. Though one may be over by, uh, powered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Come on. Be genuinely, intentionally connected in a city group. If, you don't, if you're not in a city, maybe you want to start one. But I'm telling you right there, that's vital. Let me close with this. The importance of, I think, of being absolutely authentic. Me and my wife was in a fight one day, a real, a real good one. And this is not the same fight that I talked about a couple weeks ago. <laughs> this is a different fight. We're going at it pretty good. It's on like Donkey Kong, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I'm a pastor at the time. Pastors fight. (laughs) Can we be real? I love my wife, but man, we're pretty passionate. 
And by the way, we're celebrating 25 years in July. Amen. So We're in this fight, and I go, we got to figure this out. We can't figure it out. So I call my pastor and come over. His wife opens the door, and she's crying. Wow, this is encouraging. <laughs> They're wonderful people, wonderful people, but they were in a fight. <laughs> so we pretty much at the end of the day, we stood in the kitchen, and we laughed at each other. And we were fine. Well, that was some serious, serious marriage counseling, wasn't it? Well, sometimes what's good to know is that you're not the only one jacked up. And that people face different things. And walking with people who are authentic. Amen? Amen. You stand to your feet. Just bow your head. So everyone, if you would just honor that for a moment. The first one that I want to address this morning is this. Have you had an authentic encounter with Jesus Christ? If you're here this morning and you've not had an authentic encounter with Jesus Christ, if you don't know Jesus, if it's not been real, if you haven't had an authentic encounter with Jesus this morning, we want to pray for you. Would you just raise your hand right where you are? You should say, J.O., that's me, man. I've never had an authentic encounter with Jesus. Just right where you are. Would you do that? Would you just raise your hand? I see your hand there. Is there as others? I see your hand, sir. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see Anybody else? Authentic encounter with Jesus Christ. Any more? Any more? Those that raise their hand, can we pray for you this morning? Can we pray that that would happen? Can we pray for you that you would have an authentic encounter, a genuine encounter with Jesus? Would you just step out, come up to one of the leaders right here, and just say, you know, that's me. There was about four or five of you raised your hand. Would you do that?